Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. This week's special guest is Grace Delgado, who is the founder of Texas Cannabis Today, a publication for Texans to explore the Texas cannabis community culture in a low-pressure environment. And the mission behind this is to educate and entertain hemp consumers as Texans adopt hemp products into their lives. I'm really excited for Grace to share her path into cannabis, where she is today, and where she's headed. Without further ado, Grace Delgado, hello, and welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, I'm so excited to to have you on. Uh, we were just having a great conversation before before we we went on air and started recording. But Grace, for those who aren't familiar with you and your work, can you share with us what led you to cannabis and sort of the inspiration behind Texas Cannabis today? Yeah, so what kind of sparked my interest in cannabis to begin with is like a lot of people, I've dabbled in it throughout my over like the past 15 or so years. Um, but I didn't have a strong education in it. Of course, and I was just like, oh, it just get you high. it just gets you high. You know, I'd play like Mario Kart with friends and et cetera. It was <laughs> it was something that I was like kind of like a party thing. Um, but as I grew up and I started like I always was watching, I always kept an eye on um the legalization process within California and Colorado. It was always just like a fascinating topic to me because it was so foreign to me. Um, but I always kept tabs on it. Um, it turned, so after that whole thing happened, I ended up almost moving to Colorado, which I kind of wish I did. <laughs> but for college, um, I planned to go to Boulder University, but then I decided not, not to for different reasons. But looking back, that kind of would have led me on the path I am today either way. Um, so once the 2008, so fast forward a few years, once the, two, the 2018 farm bill happened, um, I knew that was my time as somebody who loved hemp, who loved cannabis. It was my kind of my time to just jump in, at least to have a conversation. Um, I would jump on Instagram and as much as I love smoke culture, I love everything to do with it. But I know that if I wanted to change the hearts and minds of Texas, I needed to help promote a different different side of what wellness is and what entrepreneur not but just like what wellness was is just talking as like somebody who you know was consuming cbd products and just going to different stores and so that's where it started um moving forward as i started to really dive into it i started to see all the entrepreneurship that was happening and definitely the, also the big hearts of these small businesses and how they, they were giving back to their communities in different ways and that's really when my perception of what the cannabis community is, was actually doing. And I started diving deeper into like, just like the history and oh, so much of the cannabis culture that is kind of um, washed over as everyone's just like, oh, they're just a bunch of potheads. Oh, they're just stony. They just want to smoke. But there's a spirit of generosity behind it. And that's just taking us like a sliver of that. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I knew exactly what stories I wanted to tell. And so really that's what encouraged me to continue to dive into the cannabis industry. And like, then that's kind of like where it is today. It just kind of grew and blew up from there. I love that. And so it sounds like it wasn't necessarily the most linear path, but you kind of had this seed in the back of your mind where you were like, okay, I have a good sense of where I'm going and kind of wherever the universe kind of meanders me into, I'm going to go and, and go with the flow and kind of figure it out. So was the plan for Texas cannabis today? always there or do you think you kind of just kept like you described you just kept moving you kept meeting new people you kept reading you kept researching you kept 
you know, your eyes peeled for what was actually happening versus what you thought was needed in the marketplace. Um, did it kind of just happen that way that it all came together? Or did you have a very, very specific plan for the publication that is today? It grew organically. Uh, in the back of my mind, I always wanted it to be there. I always thought that would be really cool to have and something to do and offer. Like, I didn't even think that I would be the one to start it. I wanted to honestly like work for somebody and I wanted to provide content and write and do all that groundwork. But but there wasn't anything that kind of fit what I was seeing actually happening in the market. And then that's when I knew that the, it's really what the consumer wants and what the consumer, that's what it's about. It's a consumer adoption. It's about finding those audiences and connecting with them. And then in the future kind of reinforcing what the positivity is, because we're going to have a lot to go turn through, through prohibition and old mindsets and, you know, the limiting beliefs that are around currently around cannabis. So I knew there was, there was going to be longevity, but it, there just wasn't those stories that are being told. And even going, I love magazines like High Times. I love magazines like um, all like grow amazing, amazing folks. It's just like when I was thinking about Texas, Texas has a very specific way of doing things. And they're kind of like stubborn, like we're, we're Texas, like we definitely live up to our reputation that way. Um, and I knew that we're going to have a different set of problems. So we're going to have also when it comes to growing hemp. Um, and I I started like learning more about like the different zonings and then a little more about the Appalachians of cannabis and like where you're going to grow and how they taste. But that's just not, that's not even for like the industrial side of it and like how you're going to be processing it to have like fuel, fuel and fiber. And I'm like, no one's going to sit on high times or grow magazine or any of these things and be like, I'm going to go through Texas and tell Texas a story. It's just, it's all about niching down at the end of the day. And even with tech, even with Texas, there could be an industrial head magazine, like, mm -hmm. It, there's so much information like, because we're so vast and so big that it, just no one else is going to be doing that. And I know people want to hear those stories because I do. And I think sharing them and providing a platform for the, if they either go on to bigger things or if I am the bigger thing at the end of the day, who knows? The New York Times doesn't just cover New York. So just kind of just allowing it to organically grow from there. And when legalization happens, who knows? So that's just kind of like what happened it organically grew from me keeping my pulse on the market and really being in the community and just also keeping up with that because community and cannabis is everything and community and anything and any really, if you're really into your field, wherever you are, community is everything, but especially in cannabis, you're creating a bond with people. We've been through so much from consumers, from whether it be recreationally spending good times with each other, or is it going through um, the passing of a loved one and they use cannabis to help them um, have a peace, more peaceful death and not be in as pain, much pain. Like it runs the gamut and it's, it's, it's something that's really personal to people. And so talking about that from our perspective to tell that story is kind of really what, you know, is super important. So, and it's, it's, yeah, so it's just, yeah, Texas is a big state. We have 28 million people. So there's <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of views going on. 28 million potential uh, cannabis and CBD users. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. Um, being in Texas, I, unfortunately, I've never had the, the opportunity to, to check out Texas, but it's for sure on my list. Um, and I can't wait to, to go check it out. But for those who aren't in Texas like myself, um, and they might not be too familiar with the Texas cannabis scene other than maybe a little glimpse of what they've seen in a headline or, or something on, on social media. Um, 
what is the cannabis community like in Texas? And how have things been um, evolving towards a more positive light over the last few years? Because I think Texas is notoriously known for not being super cannabis friendly. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd be really curious to hear from your perspective what the Texas cannabis community is actually like. So first, it depends on what side of Texas you're in. So that is 100 billion percent a factor in it. Um, like I, uh, so I was, I started in San Antonio. So that's where I cut my teeth. I grew up in San Antonio and I ended up moving to Austin. Um, just works better here. So I ended up mo uh, moving to Austin, but San Antonio had a really robust cannabis scene for our really robust, like hemp seed and community mm -hmm. scene for a while. We have something called the Texas CBD fair market. So without that, those were going on monthly and just really that was fostering the community. I would go there cover. And that's where I had a lot of interaction with a lot of different brands and the brand owners and where I got to listen to their stories. Um, so we, there were, there was a whole like, community going over there over here in Austin. I would, it's, it's like, it's, 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 it's more different. It's weird because I think we're already known for using the cannabis plant. So people are like hemp isn't like really cannabis. So you have a lot of those attitudes that you're up against. And then of course it's more of, yeah, Texas, since Austin's Austin, it has like its own like different um, perceptions of what cannabis is. They kind of, they definitely, especially in 2019, yeah, 2019, um, it was, it started up like really slowly. Um, San Antonio boomed, but then Austin was kind of like picking it up slowly. Like I would Google it, Google it. And only like two, instead of the top three Google results, there was like two results. So it was just, it was, yeah, it was almost nobody on the scene. It was, but there were people, it was just coming online. So I really feel like that has a lot to do with the attitudes of um, what cannabis is. And then also having um, that we have a different type of consumer here because you have more investment types here. You have more the tech types here. You have more um, like non blue collar individuals. So that variety of uh, consumers to reach out to. So it's getting them to adopt it versus San Antonio isn't. Um, El Paso and over there, those kids, they have a completely different set of problems right now because um, New Mexico is legalizing and you can get your medical card over there. Same thing with up North with Dallas. If that them legalizing it, uh, well, with Oklahoma being legal and you can get your medical card up there. Um, so you have just the, this different mix of um, protections, even like, even though the board, like, uh, the border, you, five minutes over the border, you can buy cannabis legally. If you are speeding too much, if you're just going five miles over the speed limit, you can get pulled over and, uh, you know, get arrested for cannabis. Thankfully in El Paso, I believe if I remember correctly, um, they decriminalize the amount that you can have on you. So I can think you have like less than an ounce. If I recall correctly, last spring, I know Austin, um, you can have up to four ounces. If I remember correctly, if you're within Travis County, you won't, uh, you won't get, you won't get in jail. You won't go to jail. So you can have up to four ounces, but then there are other parts of Texas where it's just really highly illegal where you just, um, I think Luling is one of them. And it's more so you'll see it on like in Northern Texas. Mm -hmm. So, and now we, we haven't even covered Houston and like the Beaumont area and like that side of Texas. And they have Louisiana, um, which is another state, which is really interesting. Um, 
even having covered like the, the bottom part, but like within Houston, you'll have, I've been trying to reach out in like more so the Houston community, the cannabis and hemp community, because there isn't really like a solid network. This is all like pretty insider information. Like, I don't even know if like a lot of Texans even know this. Um, so over in Houston, they're, they're building their network. I would say like over in eight, uh, over there is like 2018 farm bill wise. There are a lot of people popping up. Um, the community isn't as strong, but we do, uh, we do our best to kind of like reach out there and kind of like support them and like direct people to events. Um, so uh, it's just, you know, it's all about the end of the day sharing that because at the end of the day, we need people to go vote on the seventh and you share their public comment, et cetera. Um, and support the Texas legislator to get progress moving. So that's the, that's the whole thing. If we just connect with them, they're going to share our information about Texas. Um, and then more so in like the Valley area, you have a lot of companies that are doing some amazing jobs, jobs, they're doing an amazing job at sharing, at just sharing the message. But yeah, they also have Mexico, which is in the, in the part of legalizing as well. So that is going to be a whole different slew. I've been keeping my, like my thumb on that, those ish, like what's happening there. Um, but that's just going to be like a whole different ball game because it's a different relationship that with even like the United States has from Canada, even though Canada is where we mostly get our legacy product from it historically. Um, it's, it's just interesting to see how these relationships are going to, uh, blossom in the legal market. And that's just what's kind of like exciting to document and kind of witness through history. So then we can share these stories in the future because there's so many like aspects of just the be of how people interact within culturally with, with each other with cannabis, but then like behaviorally, like how you're able to like keep so much, have so much product on you, how much you do smoke and et cetera. So like you're having all these individual issues based off of where you are. So we're coming back to Texas now. So based off of where you are in Texas on how you're consuming because of how, what is around you and what the culture is around it. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I should, I should have painted a better picture there, but it, it's, I guess what I'm trying, ultimately just trying to say, like within the community, it kind of just kind of depends on where you are, but everybody is super open, open-hearted, well, welcoming. Everyone has a story. We have leaders in each city, like in, in each city representing their communities and which is a vital part of like, I feel like Texas moving forward out of prohibition. So like for me, for example, like you have me down here in Austin and San Antonio area, which I, you know, tend to really focus and hone on. You have like the Texas Cannabis Collective who's up north. You have Legalize El Paso who's uh, who's in all the El Paso and covers that area. You have RVG down covering RVG. And then right now I'm looking for Houston. So if anybody hears this and they're from Houston, please contact me because I'm looking for you. I've been searching for you for two years. So like, it's, it's all about just connecting that major network. And even here we have people like hemp tours who are doing an amazing job advocating. So it's, we have this rich, robust of awesome and knowledgeable people. And it's just connecting them with who resonates more with those stories. And then that's where I come in. It's, I want these people in these areas to tell their stories so these Texans can resonate with them. Like, you may not like me and you may not like because for some reason I remind you of somebody from high school. I don't know. Like, like that or you don't like the way I tell stories. There's there's so many different factors that go into it. All, I'm at, all that matters is you like this person over 
here up in Dallas because they just you just resonate with their tone more good like you're getting the same quality information you're still going to go vote you're still going to go support um you're supporting your either your local normal chapter or you're supporting the the texas normal chapter whoever it doesn't matter you're just supporting legalization for this reason because once we kind of get over this hump of getting out of prohibition especially within texas Mm -hmm. and like breaking that stigma we're going to have a different slew of problems that these are all going to look like baby problems. Like this is all just interpersonal stuff that we're struggling with. We're going to be really struggling with the hard things later and changing laws and making sure that they're effective for everybody and not just based off of moral grounds. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like a long winded answer because essentially, so something that I've been doing recently also is um, really looking back at a lot of different cannabis documentaries that I watched when I was younger and re-watching them to kind of see like what information did I miss and I probably didn't understand now that I'm more in the community and I definitely see a part where magazines played a crucial role in spreading information so definitely high times was 100% one of them and there were other local magazines that were sharing that information because of um you weren't allowed just like today like you they weren't allowed to share advertise the same restrictions are still there so, uh, except, you know, just formatted into digitally. Um, so you're, you're seeing like all, all these different obstacles and it's really interesting how these different forms of, of media are rising again to share the message that is actually, it's, it's always been this way. It's just now forever evolving, kind of like the cannabis plant. It's always gonna find what element works for you. It may not be that flower, but you're gonna find that flower based off of the terpene profile, based on level what it looks like and what it feels like, what it tastes like. And that's just, I feel like a crucial element that even with this big corporation cannabis, which there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good corporation cannabis out there. Nope, there's a lot of really good people who are at the top of those good games. Um, it's just that, you know, we just kind of like have to remember that you, if I think the most successful companies and those successful individuals here are growing organically with the plant as well and kind of adapting and embracing that attitude. Um, not only because of, I feel like Gen Z and we are in a time in our life where that is more acceptable, not acceptable. We've, we've just been as millennials and as Gen Z come up, we've, been, we've just been taught by a different standard because of everything that we've gone through. Um, allowing that adaption and the organically of like how the, the plant heals our us and our communication. It's also healing how we communicate and interact with each other and exposing different areas that we maybe never saw, saw before. So that's just what blows my brain about cannabis. Like I low key think it's an alien, but like <laughs> it's, it's just so, I don't know. It's adaptable. So yeah, I don't know. I can keep going on about that, but ultimately, that's just where the, the where, where the community is at whole because it's Texas is such a big state, um, and I hope I represented ever. I hope I spoke on everybody appropriately if they listen to this. So sorry, guys, if I didn't contact Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I I love I love the analogies that you used with uh, with the plan and relating that to the community and just all of the progress that you know like millennials, Gen Z, and just everybody that's been a part of the community and organically growing with it from, you know, from seed to, to where, you know, wherever we are right now in the life cycle, it's just cool to see how everything's kind of developing organically in tandem as one cohesive unit. So I totally agree with you there. And I see what you're saying. Um, one of the things I really wanted to, to ask you about is that you're a big fan of technology. Um, 
And so Grace, how do you kind of foresee traditional print publications keeping up and staying relevant in the world that we live in, where we're all about integrating things into our phones, smartwatches, and you know, any other devices. So what's your take on that? Because I think a lot of folks are also curious to hear, you know, well, are magazines going to be around forever? Or are they just going to become extinct because we're just, you know, evolving in the way we consume content? So uh, from, from the head of Texas Cannabis Today, what is, what is your um, perspective on that? Yes, so you are correct. I know we've talked about this in the past. I'm a huge fan of technology. I love exploring the different creative ways people just like shift around information to find. I don't know. It's just crazy to me. I, that's a different. That's a different side of grace. Yeah. We're talking right now. Um, but yes. So with print media coming in, I feel there's always going to be a place for something mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and it definitely and just kind of a little housekeeping on this part is there's always there's always going to be an, uh, a place for print media there's always going to be it's always how you frame the message it's always what you're having in there it's going to be out about exclusivity it's going to be about how you market it like there's so many aspects that go into that um now how i feel and what i'm doing and with the unique prospect of like what texas cannabis today is doing and I haven't found many, many, if any, magazines that are going to be doing this. Is um, it's going to be a, a lot about like really fostering the community, just like with anything with tech. It's going to be those people who are learning how to migrate website users to app users, but then for what reason, etc. So taking out all those technical details, um, which we can, I, we, I mean, we can we can definitely dive into, but um, is like you're going to have to have a point of where. Like you have, you have the app. So with my, with mine, I have the app and there's like different hyperlinks and there's different, like, I'm not landing pages, but essentially landing pages that come out mm-hmm. that talk about the products. But um, what's important to, that is a really good mix between them is making sure that you have your, you go to that product or you not go to the product, you go to the magazine, you read the information, you ha- there's a purpose for that, but a lot of that information isn't captured for the reader outside of it. Like they really like the article, but now what? So it's can making those connections and there's going to be connections within the, my magazine as well, where you can connect with that, um, the author of that post or that post, excuse me, of that article right after, uh, right after you read it. So whether you have a physical version or whether you're reading on the app, there's going to be a place where it's like, oh, I like, I like, I really like this, um, this, this article by Mike and they, they click it and then they go to your, uh, they go to uh, like a link tree or whatever you want to drive traffic to. Cool. And now you, they can follow you on Instagram. Now they can follow you on Clubhouse. Now they can follow you on these, these different avenues to keep up with whatever you're doing. Um, and of course that's up to the author at the end of the day. Of course I would like it to be standardized, but at this point, I, I really care about people just being captured by that person. Mm-hmm. And then you're not going to continue following that story. So I believe and even within your, you definitely see this, the standard within cannabis products of like the QR codes, it's an integration of technology and also, and using the same tools that we've already had. We've just, we're just not putting them together to, to use and they're not as foreign to us. Um, it's just, to, you know, taking those tools and having like a hybrid 
a relationship with technology and with, um, and, and real life. So whether it be a physical and an app, um, I think where we're heading today and moving forward is really fostering that and not necessarily being ashamed of thinking that you live two different separate lives. You live an online life and you live a real life life. The fact is we don't, we live, this is all the same life. It's still the same experience. You're just, uh, being able you're now just able to consume media differently and now people are able to track you you know as we know through different uh, different tools etc and marketing and so we just we just have more data points now to have so it's it's really bringing it's just bringing that hybrid relationship and while I don't feel I don't know if we're ever going to be complete like the world will ever be completely online I feel like there's a there's a place for everything based off of where people are in their lives um, it's just making sure that you can, that you're also respecting that within yourself, that you're, you do have limited attention, but you're also spending time on this for this reason. And you want to make sure that you follow it, follow it up through, you know, the different avenues that are going to be set up. I don't know how much information it's just, it's hard to like give all this information without sounding confusing. Cause I, but I have to remember that you, your audience probably understands that, or you guys probably totally, know what I'm talking totally. about. I think that's just a completely different like thing for me. So, um, so yeah, so the, and I, I definitely feel like even though, so a really good example of this and people are like, yo, Grace, I don't really think that's going to happen. I really think that people live online and then they live offline. Well, I beg to differ with you. So an example that I like to talk about is generative art. And I don't know if people know what this is, but what it is. And, and um, I went to, before the pandemic went full swing in Austin. I was thankfully I was able to go to the Austin Forum, and um, it was a presentation about generative art. And what they would do is they would add. They had these these individuals who've been coding since like the seventies um, would add um, data points to. They would use the data points, whether it be like a spreadsheet of information or something random they put together. Add data points, add color, and these things would be able to paint like whole out universes and when you look at the universes that they were able to kind of paint it, it, it blows your mind it literally looks like something out of like a psychedelic dream when really they were just adding they're just they were just adding color and data, data points wow. i'm sure there was a little bit more like artistic pa- like power in there too which i give them 100 credit for mm-hmm. um but it's just this these these things that were being built and even there was a few paintings that I saw where the data points were even sound waves, the sound waves specifically within um, the Rocky mountains. Now, when those sound waves were painted and put and put on just the sound waves and in colors, that's it. When they were put on canvas, it looked like the Rocky mountains, exactly how they were formed. So it wow. just tells you how much one, how much data is out there. And then two, really kind of just like harnessing this, um, the thoughts and the behavior, like what our technology is doing and how much we're bringing out and kind of being also more kinder to ourselves and empathetic with our, with our personals, like ourselves, because we have all these different distractions going on, but at the same time, and I mean, as a marketer, I'm with the magazine and how my philosophy within marketing is when I have my clients is also taking that into consideration. Like I want people to use mine on and offline and however that adapts within their life and whether they need to cut it off or not. I hope they don't ever have to cut off my products who I you know, help with, but it's just taking, like, just, you know, taking those things into consideration of like how to talk to people and understanding why and why not. Cause then 
also it goes with the team and like why am I not why you know you have more uninstalls than others so really long-winded approach to how I kind of how all of this inf- all this information in my head is kind of like led me to where I am with Texas cannabis today is understanding that also within information and how we consume it and especially how like cannabis is this organic being that feeds into your life and it's it's a fe- it's a female plant a lot of females you know who I are with mothers like to figure out like the root of the problem we like to figure out like what is actually going on and using different in t- a slew of different methods and the cannabis plant is such a, is a really intelligent plant so it uses its slew of methods to meet that meet that need and at the end of the day that's what's important to me one as texas and two as a cannabis consumer and three as like not necessarily like my legacy moving on because i don't ever really think about it like that this is the first time i'm actually saying this out loud but really thinking about like what my impact is on the of whatever generation is in front of me i don't care like i think gen z and millennials are more receptive to it but there might be somebody who is a who lived in like the uh, the Gen X situation that kind of that resonates more and can take this information and run and turn it into something beautiful and that's mm-hmm. what innovation is and like now we're at the pinnacle of like finding cool information finding innovation and like pushing society forward and that's what really my heart is it's like I'm not here just to elevate to elevate and just to say that in my profile I'm like legitimately thinking about these things mm-hmm. to move on progress because that's what's important to me because of all the giants I shoulders I stand on like even in documentaries just watching one documentary getting like a vibe from somebody and just moving on with it and that is like yeah so that's just amazing to me because um, I know what sparked my interest in kind of like approaching it that way with not at all um i just wanted to mention it but i don't it has nothing to do with what i'm saying so i'm gonna hold that go for it go for it um well well because like of like how like when it comes to like even like legacy and impact is um in in clubhouse todd mccormick has been in there and i don't know if you know who he is uh, if, you, if you don't know who he is, he's pretty much, he's the one who edits, who's been editing The um, the Emperor Wears No Clothes and oh, since 1996. And if you listen to his story about him personally and his uh, approach to cannabis, it's beautiful. I highly suggest everybody listen to every word he says. Um, so that's what kind of sparked my, my passion to go back and like, look back at all these, these different resources, which I mentioned before. And it's just crazy how much you just like when you look at the cannabis information again and how it's got to been misrepresented in the media but still at the same time these people have always been so sound-minded in spreading this information of how to share cannabis knowledge that's just total goals for me because i've that's just that's just something I, I really resonate with like i i love everybody on the on the the, the the communication spectrum within um, how people communicate their message anywhere from like, you can be Gary B V or Bill Gates, like two different com- com- or even no a better one is like uh, Matthew McConaughey, two completely different communication styles. Um, and it's just, uh, that's cool. But like, just whenever you find that one person where it's just like, I get what this person is saying. I 100% vibe with this. I, you go back and like, it sparks, so much joy just to go back and read it from a different perspective because now when you hear his voice because you've heard it 
in real life. And then two, you're like, oh my God, there's so much to learn about this plant. There's so much organically to come from it. And how did, and that's why I think it's like Loki and alien, like all jokes aside, but like, it's, it's just so fascinating to see how all of this is actually like funneled into my process whenever like I put out content and whenever I'm, whenever people are talking within the community and like, that's what I'm hoping to spark within like my like baby publication. And, you know, I hope it does well. I hope I can't wait to continue to like to contact, you know, different people who want to be a part of it. Cause I want it to be bigger and I want it to be more. And I want to talk about more than just Texas, of course, but it's at the same time, I hope it kind of sheds light on how knowing your audience and knowing who you're speaking to to impact change and fostering and growing depth in the relationship instead of because over the past few years I've noticed like in the cannabis industry it's kind of like a land grab where everyone's just trying to spread as far as you can to get to know everyone which is great everyone should be doing that because there's a lot of wonderful people out here but at the same time what I've noticed is there's not a lot of depth growing in like fostering it and I feel like that's where I'm hopefully just trying to figure out on all the different struggles that are will come with it um, to just, you know, feed that information of like, this is what's relatable to us Texans, but also this is what's happening in New York. This is what's happening in Nevada. This is what's happening in these places. Cause we need to learn from these people. We don't need to like as Texans, especially kind of like break down our pride. Like there are people who know more than, than us, just accept it. <laughs> There's like, that's just, my approach to it and it's just kind of like hey there's so many really great people to learn from we're also gonna don't worry we're gonna try to keep money in texas because that's what everybody says like oh we need to keep all the money in here and we need to grow texas and stay stay texas yes but there are also people who know a lot more and who will resonate with a seattle voice who will resonate with a new york voice who will resonate with florida so um i just have a weird opinion. i just florida florida and i don't get along um so for reasons, um, but like who, who just like resonate for those, uh, for whatever, ever reason, like at the end of the day, that's what's so important. And you as somebody who is a, you know, a PR professional and who's studied communication, recognize the value in that and people, it's, it's, it's such a, it's a, such an easy thing to say, to do, but to actually, like just to say, but to actually do it and practice it is a lot more challenging and takes a lot more time than what people think. Like, even as me as a professional, sometimes like I'll be cooking and I'll be a client that I had, that I just had a meeting with. And I'll just have like this brilliant idea of what to do. And I have to go to my laptop and write all this down and be like, this is how we're going to sell, you know, more candy. I don't know, whatever the project product is, I don't want give that information but like okay. you know whatever whatever product that like I'm working on it's just kind of like bringing that that thoughtfulness so that's what you get when you I don't know if you count if you're in contact with me so some people have to like calm me down because I get really passionate about this because I want to get detailed <laughs> not everybody understands and appreciates that so that's why I'm glad I'm here yeah, no, that was awesome. And I love, I really love, there's one, there's one underlying factor and it almost seemed like a common denominator in almost everything that you just talked about. And it's that we can't go at it alone. Like there's always going to be a need. Yeah. You can be a solopreneur. Yeah. You can do, you know, X, Y, Z, you can do all this stuff. And I think there's a big push for people, you know, to be, you know, quote unquote self-made and kind of carry that, you know, charisma with, with what they do. But at the same token, it's like, 
you do need other people, right? Like you do need different counties in Texas. You need different leaders. You need different, um, it could be, you know, a healthcare leader or somebody to, to stand up for maybe something that you're trying to, to put out there or something that somebody, you know, in local government is trying to really advocate and push for in cannabis, but they need backing by somebody like a healthcare professional or somebody who does research or somebody else, right? And I think that's the key. And I love how that was the, the, the common denominator and almost everything that you talked about today. Um, and so I just, I thought all of that was great. Great. So I want to close out by thank, by, by thanking you for your time. I know you have a lot on your plate. There's a lot happening in your world um, and you're constantly keeping a, keeping a pulse on, on all the developments in Texas and just across the country in general. Um, last question for those who would like to connect with you. Um, what is the best way for somebody to reach out to you? If you're going to reach out to me, um, there's a, there's a lot of ways I'm available on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on all the platforms on my website. You can email me. Um, but yeah, if you're from the, from this podcast, just sit like, say that a little bit in there. Oh, I heard your podcast or something. Um, but I'm, I'm always pretty, I'm really, really open to like contact, contact, connecting and contacting with people. Um, sometimes it might take a little second for me to get by cause, but like to get back to you. But if I see who, if, I don't know, if I know it's a real person, I will 100% get back to you within seconds. So just so sound like a real person when you grace. reach out to grace. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, just say like me, don't be like <laughs> this. I get a lot of LinkedIn sales messages. That's why I, I say that I get Ugh. so much spam in there, which is fine. I get it. I don't mind it. I always skimmed. I always look through my messages. I just need to make sure that I'm not respond. I'm not being tricked. Cause I can get really, especially if you say something that I like, I, my heart will get into it. And I'm like, Oh my God, I need to respond to this person. But then it ends up being like an MLM yeah. in the end. Cause they were just really good about something. And I'm like, no, is that what I want? <laughs> so yeah. Email me. Um, I'm grace at Texas cannabis And then of course you can check out Texas cannabis and then also on Instagram, you can find me with any of those, just any of that. <laughs> and I'm also on Clubhouse. And yeah, if anyone wants to talk about hemp and cannabis, it's my jam, especially with tech and communications. It's my favorite, my favorite combination. Awesome. Grace yeah. Delgado, thank you so much for joining the Major Journey podcast. Grace, again, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Awesome. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Michigan, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.